0: Listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio
1: Three.
0: Welcome to Ben Emons, Principal and Senior Portfolio Manager of New Edge Wealth, who will give us his view from the US today. Good morning and good evening, Ben.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having
0: us. And just to check, are you talking to us from the US? I am in the United States, ah, in New York City, yes. That's why I was covering my bases there with the good morning, good evening. But let's start with the data out yesterday which showed U.S. retail sales surging and property confidence declining. The general consensus is the Fed will hold rates, but maybe for longer than anticipated. Are you aligned with that consensus, Ben?
1: Well, the data tells us so. And, you know, it's really interesting data because that retail sales number just basically blew any expectation out mm. of the water, as we would say in the States. And particularly drilling into the number, it's just across the board strength. So we're still in a stage here where the consumer is out there, right, and is resilient and spending that doesn't seem to have ended just yet. And also what's what's otherwise contrasting to that home builder survey that you actually refer to the construction spending is actually picked up in retail sales. That has a lot to do with, that. I think, the people out there who are building new homes and they're going to stores like Home Depot, that really good earnings today, where they're buying building materials and other related services that's all counted into retail sales. And that seems to be really the sizzling market at this moment, irrespective of, of higher interest rates that we have. So if I bring that all back to the Fed, they're looking at an economy that is not – let's say, overheating, but it's certainly not cooling off such that you would get, like, further more moderation of the, of the labor market that would then bring inflation a little bit closer to their target. So, yes, they would have to probably raise rates one more time or two more times. That's a bit up in the air. And then end up with an interest rate that they believe is going to bring their inflation really back to the target. So lots of uncertainty around that outcome. But I do think we're in the face of a, of a tighter a FED, that still has to raise rates until you get to the right level of rates to impact inflation.
0: So you're still of the opinion there's going to be one or two more rate rises.
1: Yes, I am. I think that the the, the, the Fed uh, within the Fed, the, the FOMC, that's the you know the decision uh, body. Uh, there's actually a split now between a group that says we could probably start talking about. Staying longer on hold because we think the interest rate where we are now is already restrictive. And then there's another group, and Kaskari was another example today. But yesterday also daily, those by the way are two Fed members that used to be very dovish. They're now yeah. more hawkish, as we say. And those people are very clear about no, no, no. We we still have a lot more work to do. We can't just stop. We have to be sure that we we really get that inflation rate down. I think that opinion dominates the narrative at the The the, the fact that they have to do more work still before they can actually call a victory on inflation.
0: Now, there was a report in Reuters saying that 89% of economists were thinking that the rate would continue to be hold and there would be no more increases, but for longer than anticipated at the same rate. Um, Why do you think they're seeing it differently?
1: Well, I think that's based upon their own forecast, first and foremost. Lots of people have have been wrong about the forecast this year that, you know, we would be already in a recession. So they pushed that out. And in that forecast, is that run up to that recession. So to their view is that they feel, well, if this recession is not this year, but next year, say, then the Fed should be on hold by now and by next year, probably lower rates. And I I am really in in complete opposite view of that for two reasons. One, if you do have that forecast, and you say that the Fed's going to re- cut rates next year, and then there will be a recession. Well, if we cut rates, the Fed will actually be preemptive, right? So The recession may actually not happen next year. <laughs> Secondly, we, we didn't get a recession. The data from today once again shows that that, that we're very resilient in, in this economy currently. It could, of course, change. But... I do think there is a, a a stage here where we have enough fiscal spending for the next year up until the election to keep the economy in the state we're in, and the Federal Reserve is tightening, but other central banks to some extent are offsetting that tightening, and therefore financial markets are are doing better. So, keeps things together, you know, leads me more to believe yeah. that the forecast of for the economy is is not right. It, it probably is a story more for after the presidential election in 2024.
0: Uh, you've convinced me, Ben. What are your thoughts? <laughs> what are your odds at the moment for a soft landing?
1: Uh, very high. I think we're, we're already actually in one, because the way I look at that is that if you go back to the second quarter of 2021, the economy was growing at a 15%, percent five percent nominal GDP. it's the highest since the Second World War. And from that peak, we have been moderating and that is actually your soft landing. We, we didn't crash down, which just moderated in that growth growth rate. And then obviously we had a peak in inflation last year, you know, about a year ago, and that has now been sliding slowly down. And the next stage will be that at some point, the unemployment rate will slowly go up. So I think it's all that effect from the, the pandemic, you know, enormous shutdown shut and reopening effect on the economy plus all the stimulus slowly gets worked off but eventually we will end up with a really slow economy, I think, you know, but at this stage that is we're in the soft landing already.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because there's nothing really similar to the pandemic to learn from history. We had the series of Money Talk yeah. today where we're, sorry, your money, where we talk about learnings from history, but there's just nothing to compare it with, is there?
1: No, it's the most unusual uh, data we've ever had, the most unusual situation. I mean, it's historic. We, I don't think it's ever happened that we shut off the U.S. economy in its entirety. And yeah. I hope we just relived the experience of March 2020. has unprecedented. But the U.S. economy if, if, is so dynamic and so incredibly um, vibrant that if you reopen it, and, and by the way, if we think back on how that happened, there were certain states that never adhered to the COVID rules. that just reopened everything in one shot. So part of the country went, went already into a boom in 2020 and then threw more stimulus on it and then the rest followed. Yeah, you end up with the economy if at first being incredibly overheated and it's continued to cool off. Right? It's a very, very different sort of cycle than the sort of classic situation yeah. that we had before the financial crisis, let's say. Think of those recessions before the financial crisis. which seem to be more classic business cycles.
0: Very different, which is why um, economists are often getting it wrong. And uh, there's a <laughs> lot of surprises coming out. Uh, how worried are you about U.S. debt?
1: Yeah, that is an unsustainable track and, you know, uh, you know, maybe a little like, uh, you know, a shameless plug, as they say here. I, I once written a book called The End of the Risk-Free Rate, <laughs> but I address a lot of these debt issues in there. You know, what we're having is an unsustainable debt uh, trajectory, and right? we, we continue to add more every year because we haven't really done anything about our spending. Uh, we certainly can never really raise taxes in this country, you know, it's politically unfeasible. Yeah. Um, and and yet, if you think of the 2011, 2012 situation when we did finally have some spending caps, right? And we tried to discipline on our fiscal deficit that the economy slowed down so much that, you know, the, the spending caps were only temporarily, right? and And therefore, I think we just politically can never really get to a solution on that front. So our debt will keep growing. And as long as we're the reserve currency, I guess we, people want to keep buying our, our debt until one point we do deal, too, with an emerging market-style, you know, sudden stop as they say, right? The foreign creditors will yeah. no longer help us fund that deficit and that debt. And that that is a risk, definitely.
0: Okay. Um, to finish us off, and you're going to have about 15 seconds to answer this, I'm afraid. <laughs> um Bank downgrades. First it was Moody's and yesterday Fitch ratings warned US banks. Even big ones like JP Morgan Chase could be downgraded. How worried are you about the banks?
1: Yeah, it's concerning in the way that, you know, the the regional banking uh, crisis is smouldering underneath the, the surface of the economy. Um, so can we at some point see again a bank getting into some kind of problem? Yes, it's likely. And that the downgrades are all about the effect that okay. Silicon Valley and the That's uh, the banks your 15 have and, seconds. <laughs> and, oh, sorry. More thank, downgrades, I think. <laughs> thank you to Ben
0: Eamons, Principal and Senior Portfolio <laughs> Manager of New Edge Wealth.